from AM and FM stations around the country. Welcome to the Small Business Administration award-winning School for Startups Radio, where we talk all things small business and entrepreneurship. Now, here is your host, the guy that believes anyone can be a successful entrepreneur because entrepreneurship is not about creativity, risk, or passion, Jim Beach. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another exciting edition of School for Startups Radio so glad that you are with us on Wednesday, August 2nd. Can you believe it's already August and summer is two-thirds over? Uh, in response, I have an amazing show for you today. First up, we have Peter Schroeder. He is the founder and CEO of Telzio and a award-winning famous disc jockey with tons of best-selling gold platinum albums. Amazing story. It's an incredible example of how important coding is. If you can learn to code, if you can get your kids to code, if you can go to a coding school, my kids are actually both the youngsters are at elementary and middle schools where they teach coding as part of the core curriculum. It's an incredible life-changing experience for them. And Peter is an incredible example of how beneficial that can be to your career. Fantastic story. I'm so excited for you to meet him. Very, very impressive. A after that, equally impressive on a totally different topic, Jacqueline Toboroff is with us. She is author of a new book called Super Moms Activated and has a fantastic message for all of you women listeners and hell for you men as well, a, a great message for all of us. And the book's title sort of gives you a clue. Very excited for you to meet Jacqueline, an equally impressive story, just fantastic. So excited for all of the interesting and great stories today. On Friday show, we're going to meet a man who owns several radio stations and find out how you do that. We keep hearing radio is dead. His 40% profit margins prove otherwise. Very cool story. And then also on Friday, we'll be meeting a man who built an incredible business, helping others go international, sold it for millions and millions, and is now working for a new company that does the same thing, helping businesses go international. Very impressive stuff. And then next Monday, a man who has bought not bought, started and sold 20 businesses coming up. An amazing career. That is next Monday. So great stuff just percolating always on the show. Do thanks to you great listeners. Thank you so much for being with us. So I have a couple of minutes. I wanted to remind you what our thesis is to let you know. Not only do we believe in coding, but it's actually part of our thesis. We think that creativity, risk, and passion are awesome, but none of those are really needed to be a very successful entrepreneur. And as a matter of fact, some of them are perhaps even detriment, uh, detrimental. We believe that creativity is awesome for artists and people like that. But for an entrepreneur, all you need to do is find an idea, copy it, iterate it, make it a little better than the other guy, execute it a little better, and you have an incredible chance of succeeding, especially when you reduce risk by using other people's money, starting for as cheap as possible, starting for only $5,000, go lean, prove the model, and then scale. It does make a, a huge difference. It is... True. All of that stuff, it makes sense. And if you don't believe it, we can argue it with you until you do. It's just people out there are still arguing it. And it's just shocking to me that the, the I want to spend money crowd is still winning the argument. So anyway, and then the third piece, passion. We love passion for in the synagogue, church, the mosque, any of those places, the bedroom, the front porch occasionally, 
uh, anywhere like that when the kids are away. But passion is different from I really, really like what I do. And we would like to recommend that or suggest that that is enough. All you have to do is really, really, really like what you do, which is probably better than working for the man. I don't necessarily care what I am selling. I just want to sell it for myself. I don't really care what the product is. I just want to be working for myself so I can make money, work harder, be invested in my success and not of the success of the boss or the company. I want to make my own hours, wear what I want. And that is passion enough. I have passion for the lifestyle, the freedom, the opportunity, not the thing. And I suggest that passion for the thing is weird. That's called materialism in a lot of places. <laughs> and so anyway, I don't understand that and suggest that just loving the freedom is the passion and the product is usually secondary. Like this guy who has sold 20 businesses or yesterday's guest man who had three IPOs. They weren't passionate for those 20 businesses. You can't convince me of that. They were passionate of the process, the amazing ability that they had, the system that they had to create from scratch and to do it again and then to find an amazing seller. He brags several times in the interview about how good of friends he is with his M&A attorney. In other words, he hangs out with the attorney that you sell businesses through that they're now best friends because they go to lunch so frequently because they're doing business together so frequently. Now that's an amazing brag. Think about it. He is now 80. He started his amazing success in his thirties. Let's give him a 30 year, I'm sorry, a 50 year run and 20 businesses sold. That's a new business sold every two and a half years. And I'm not just saying that he sold a hundred thousand dollar business. No, he sold a you know, 15 million, a hundred million, in some case, billion dollar business. That is an incredible dedication to a system of growing businesses. And that's what we love. And that's the kind of guests we're going to introduce you to. And I can't wait for you to meet Peter Schroeder here in just a minute and Jacqueline in 30 minutes. We will be right back with Peter in just a second. School for Startups Radio hopes you will reach out to us if you have any questions or comments or if you need help with your business at any stage, from concepts to exit. Jim accepts all connections on LinkedIn. He tweets from at Entrepreneur Jim, and he responds to emails at james.beach at att.net. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy the show. We are back, and again, thank you so very much for being with us. I'm very excited and curious to meet our first guest. It's a unique combination of things that he has done. Please welcome to the show Peter Schroeder. He is an award-winning disc jockey with... 20 platinum records, 40 golds, and triple nominated for the Danish DJ Awards, and also a, a very successful entrepreneur founder of a company called Telzio, which is in the telecom space. He has worked with clients like Facebook, Samsung, and Airbnb. He also su uh, survived a plane crash. My goodness. <laughs> Welcome, Peter. How are you yeah. doing? Doing good. Doing good. Thank you for having me on here. Uh, excited about this. All right, so real fast, how if you're a DJ, how does a DJ get a platinum record? Aren't you playing other people's records? I'm very confused about the whole DJ thing. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I guess it used to be like that. Uh, I think, uh, well, I, I did produce for, for a bunch of other uh, people as well. I was a producer too, a songwriter. But uh, today, to be a DJ, you also, or at least, you know, to, to be recognized and, and, and get the big gigs, you also have to release music in your own name. So that kind of comes along with it now. Okay, so are you writing new music or do you mash different existing albums together? What is your sound? Um, yeah, new, new music. Um, I never really was a big uh, uh, or that good at at, at you know, mashups and, and bootleg uh, uh, musical. You know, putting putting things together like that. Uh, I've always been more interested in, in producing something from scratch. Okay, what does it sound like? 
Um, it's electronic dance music um, uh, before anything was called EDM, as that term uh, came around a few years ago or right around when I stopped uh, DJing. But uh, yeah, it's electronic music, uh, and, and it, it spans pretty broad. I kind of touched every subgenre you can pretty much find. All right. How are you in a plane crash? <laughs> I was on the way uh, from Copenhagen back to my mother. I'm, I'm from Denmark originally, and, and, and she lived up in northern Denmark, and, and I was flying back to, to visit her, and uh, all of a sudden, the, the captain came on and said, hey, yeah, we can't lock the landing gear, so uh, we're going to be circulating up here for a little bit, and then we're going to try and land and uh, you know, burn some fuel and all that kind of stuff and, and prepare. Um, luckily, they were, they were very professional, these people on, on this plane, so uh, no one got hurt. I think one woman uh, broke her arm, but we did crash. The, the landing gear did collapse, and uh, the plane tilted over on the side, and the propeller went through the fuselage and, and all that stuff. How big a plane was this? How many passengers? Uh, it was a turbo prop. I, I, I would want to say like maybe 70, 80 people or something like that. Okay. Wow. <laughs> well, you must have a certain like halo or something. Yeah, I don't know. It, 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 the interesting thing is I... Um, I, I, I totally forgot about this until it was brought up maybe a couple of years ago. Uh, this it happened back in 2010, I think it was. And I had totally forgotten about it. So completely suppressed it. I don't know. I, I should probably talk to someone about that. Oh, but yeah, you I'm not afraid of flying. <laughs> you need a lot of therapy. I can tell that. How much of being busy, you know? a successful DJ is your hair? Oh, it's a lot. It's a lot. You got to have a lot of really good hair. And how many products do you use in your hair? One. And it takes me about seven to eight seconds to do in the morning. What is that? What do you do? Put in it. I actually don't know. It's called. It's, it's like this um, turquoise uh, little jar that my wife bought. Wow. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm that kind of guy, you know. I'm. Uh -huh. I'm I, yeah. It's. Uh, I'm not very much. Uh, do you uh, into, moisturize your skin? Do you? I do not. Okay. <laughs> my wife has started making me moisturize my face. And I feel like a baby. You're good. <laughs> it's probably great for you, but I mean, I've never had a problem with dry skin or anything like that. Not that I know. Um, I don't know why, not, why people do I that. don't have a dry skin either. It's just <laughs> that it's good as you get old, you know, it's just you know, slows down the aging so that when I'm 90, I'll only look like I'm 88. Well, okay. Maybe I should start looking into that then. Yeah. I mean, if you, you hmm. the hair is important, the skin is important too. Yeah. Yeah. True. True. I mean, my hair is already gray, and I'm only like almost forty. So, <laughs> is it gray or dyed white? It is the natural color. Okay, it but it's really gray, short yeah. on the sides and really tall on the top, right? Yeah, I have a really good barber. I just tell him to do whatever he thinks is good, and he does a good job. Um, I gotta, I gotta give him that. Uh, props to uh, Daniel Alfonso in Los Angeles. I just want to put that out there. He's great. Yes. How much does he charge for a haircut? Uh, he's not he's not cheap. Uh, it's, it's it's more than a hundred bucks for sure. Okay, but it's not like five hundred dollars. No, 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 no. It's it's uh, like a like a haircut and a beard trim. I think it's maybe one hundred and fifty or something like that. Okay. He, he's, but he's worth it. Well worth it. I was just down in the Caymans, and one of the people I ran across there is uh, a hairdresser. He's charging $1,500 a haircut and people fly in to get his haircuts. Uh, that's absurd. Well, I'm glad. You I, well, so I, I got, I got to I got to say though, I did spend a long time finding uh, Daniel. Like when I moved to Los Angeles, it took me at least five years before I found a barber I was, I was happy with. Um, so it is definitely a subjective thing. And if you, yeah, it's, it's, it's there's a big difference. And, and, and some, sometimes you're, you're lucky to find one that, you know, kind of does that thing for you, but yeah, I had the same barber from the age of four until he retired when I was 53. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Stick with him with a good one. If you find a good barber, stick with him. No, I don't know if he was good or not. I was just stuck. With him, <laughs> you know. Well, I mean, so, well, then you can start thinking about how your life would have shaved if uh, you had actually looked for a barber. Huh? Oh, it sounds like a movie <clears throat> script. Huh, yeah. Barber's difference. <laughs> yeah. Who plays you in your life story, Peter? 
Wow, that's a tough question. I've never thought of that. That's that's a really good. That's actually a good question. I I ooh, I don't know. I think that's something you have to to ask my my wife about. I I that's difficult. I've never had that question before. How did you meet your wife? We met in Las Vegas. Uh, I was out there playing a gig as a DJ, and uh, she was a friend of uh, some of my friends out there. Um, so and yeah, she she's from California, grew up there, and. Uh, we hit it off, so, so she flew over and we hung out, and I decided to come over here and produce it, you know, a little bit better weather. Um, and then, yeah, so <laughs> that's 10 years, 12 years ago now. And you had a mistake and had a baby, so you had twins. Oh, we had, we had, twi- we had two of them. <laughs> yep. And how old are they now? They are, they just turned 18 months, so they're starting to get really fun. Yes, that will be a lot of fun. How does sleep go? <laughs> how are they sleeping? Oh, that we we're we're lucky. Um, they go to bed at seven thirty and wake up at six a.m. Excellent. Yeah, I'm obsessed Perfect. with sleep training. It's one of my obsessions. My mm-hmm. wife hates it because every time I see a pregnant woman, I run up to her and like, let me teach you how to teach those babies to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we we actually um, we had a, a nanny that we hired for that purpose for a little bit in the beginning to to make sure we got off for a good start. Uh, you know, we. We run our company together, my wife and I, you know, we started together, so uh, we, we're pretty busy. Um, and we obviously, we want to spend as much of our time, free time with the babies and not being frustrated. So we had someone come in and help us with, um, with the sleep training, and that was worth every penny. Yes. Tell us about the business. Tell us about Telzio. Telzio. Um, yeah, we are a um, business um, phone service provider. Um, based in Los Angeles, we've been around for yeah ten years now, and um, we have a great product compared to everyone else on the market. We have just you know been focused for the past ten years on building a really solid solution that doesn't go down, that just works and scales well, and has all the features that you need and is affordable. And that is kind of what we've done. And is it designed for small business or consumers or big business? Who's the ideal client? Yeah, so it's, it's, it's business uh, only as a business to business service, but um, it started out as a small business startup kind of um, product because, you know, we built it for ourselves, really. Uh, we had a, another project where we needed something like that, and that's how it started. So uh, over the years, we've just been adding features as people have been, you know, requesting them. And every time we add new features, bigger clients sign up. And today we have, you know, a lot of small businesses, a lot of, you know, companies with 20 to 30 to 100 employees. But then we also have uh, businesses like Samsung, uh, Facebook, uh, Google, Airbnb, and, and Lyft, and, and, and really big businesses like that. And how is it technologically based? What's the platform you're using? Is it VoIP or what is it? Yeah, so it's, it's, it's a VoIP platform or it's a VoIP product, if you will. It's not really a platform, a, a VoIP product. Uh, so it's a phone over the internet. Um, basically, it works on a desk phone or your mobile app on an app or on your, on your computer. Um, and then, um, yeah, I mean, we, we built the platform ourselves. So there's not really a base off of anything. We wrote every single line of code from, from scratch. And uh, that's also how we kind of can make sure that everything is steady, you know, like everything works. We haven't been down for years. And like I'm talking literally not a single minute for years. And um, yeah, we, we, we are in control. So we can also build things faster. We're always first with the new cool things. Who's doing the coding then? Are you an actual coder? What language are you yeah. using? So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm part of the, the dev team, um, and I've been coding since I was six. Uh, I made my first website, launched my first business uh, website when I was uh, 14, which I sold when I was 18. So I've been doing this stuff my whole life, uh, simultaneously with, with, with making music, and you know that's also a very nerdy thing when it really comes down to it. So I still code, um, and uh, mostly uh, it's, it's uh, .NET, C-Sharp, that we, we build most of the platform in. All right, interesting. And so how did it get started? Talk to us about the idea moment. Why did you decide to do that? Uh, go mm-hmm. back six yeah. months in history before day one. Yeah. So, um, so, well, six months before I was still DJing. So I was, it was back in 20, I want to say 2012. And I was playing 380 something gigs that year. Um, more than one of those. So it was, it was, it was tough. I was burning out. 
and um, I was meeting my I just met my my uh, my now wife uh, Diana um, in uh, in Las Vegas on a gig there, and she she came to Denmark. So we were just hanging out, and I had just asked my um, my manager to 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 cut back a little bit on the uh, on the gigs because I needed to you know, uh, take a little break from from touring, but also make new music and and be creative again. And while she was in Denmark and while I kind of was on that break, uh, I had an idea for another product, uh, product where um, it's kind of for, for promoting music between uh, artists and DJs and radio stations and, and stuff like that. And I was working on that and I needed a uh, phone system. I needed some, some kind of like support line where people could call in, press one for support, press two for sales, all that kind of stuff. And there wasn't really anything good out of the box back then. Um, there was stuff, but you had, kind of had to, to to set everything up manually yourself. So I started making this little tool for um, for managing it, so I could easily change these things instead of having to go in and write code every time I needed to make a change. And uh, this little um, this little interface uh, was was fun to make. It was fun to play around with. So uh, once I was kind of done with that, uh, Diana said, "Hey, this is a cool product. Maybe we should try and, and put it out and see if someone wants to buy it or, or you know use it." And uh, so we did that and turned out that people actually started signing up and we started getting a few customers. So uh, without even knowing and without ever really making the decision, I kind of quit uh, DJing in the music industry at that point and just went full time on this and started uh, uh, evolving. I mean, we cashed in her 401k, so we had a little bit of money to bootstrap it. And little by little, we got more customers and eventually we would pay ourselves and, and, and our rent. And yeah, it's just uh, been on the up since. I love that. I love the bootstrap story. You kind of skipped over the marketing there in the very beginning as if customers just started appearing in the field of dreams movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they kind of did. Uh, well, so uh, we've never been very focused on marketing and sales. Uh, honestly, we've never spent a single dollar on, on advertising. We have on, on a little bit of marketing here and there, but, but not advertising. So, um, what I did was when I had this, um, uh, proof of concept of, of the first version, I, launched it and then I wrote on social media and I I think I wrote on a message board um, uh, some, some some place where like hey I have this new thing uh, go check it out uh, there's a free trial and if you like it it's you know go, go, go use it and and that's really how we got the first maybe 10 customers uh, paying customers and, and then those 10 you know told their friends about it and it just started multiplying and, and growing Wow. Very cool. And how'd you get that first huge customer, the Airbnb level customer? They literally just signed up. All of those have just gotten to us. We've never, um, we've actually never hunted customers like Chase got that, like doing cold calling or anything like that. It's all our customers have come to us, uh, by word of mouth or SEO. Like we do really good SEO, um, content on our website and, and, we ranked well on, on, on the results on for the right keywords. And and that's worth a lot, especially in our industries where, you know, uh, it costs over like three, four hundred, five hundred dollars for a click on Google on an ad, uh, just for one single click. Um, so, so spending a lot of time and efforts on, on getting those ones for free, that's definitely worth it, especially when you don't have a lot of money to, to, to begin with. Wow. $500 per click. Mm-hmm. As well as right, but 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 you also gotta gotta think about uh, the lifetime value of of these kind of customers. Oh, yeah. They usually stick around for a long time, so the the math does add up. It just is a big upfront cost that we didn't have uh, the the funds for. Right. Yes. Well, what an amazing story. <laughs> no, thank you. And so, how what are, what does the scale look like now? And don't tell us well, anything. It's none of our business. But are you at, you know, fifty million in sales a year, or what? Where are you? Yeah, we are. We are up there. Uh, we we're doing pretty good, and um, we have, uh, of course, expanded. We have a, a, a great team now. We're we're in, in several countries. We we offer service all over the world. We have an office in in Denmark now, and then we have uh, employees all over the world. Uh, pretty much, um, we have a, a small team compared to our competitors in terms of what we do. But we have some really really smart people. Um, and what's so, your goal? Yeah, what, are you, are going what, what do you want the future now to look like for it? Well. As long as it's fun, we're going to keep growing it. Uh, so right now, uh, we're launching a lot, a lot of new products around AI and new, new features around that uh, at the moment. And then we're finally, for the first time after 10 years, actually raising our first uh, Series A uh, round for uh, funding. So 
uh, we are going to start, you know, uh, going a little bit more aggressively after customers, uh, you know, actually advertising and, 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 and reaching out, but, um, and then, and then, you know, expanding our sales team and, and getting some, some really smart people in on that. So, so that it's not just product, 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 uh, <laughs> and customer service that, but also, you know, growth, growth. So it's, it's, it's kind of exciting for us to kind of get into that new phase because it's not something that we've really been that concerned about in the past. Interesting. So you're really going for it now. So it reminds yeah, it's, me it's, of it's, a line in the disclosure movie with Demi Moore and Michael Douglas. And the, one of the characters is Donald Sutherland. Who's the most people know him from the, uh, mocking Jay movies. Uh, what is mm-hmm. that? Um, he's the doctor or Mr. Snow, the white bearded guy in those but he has a great line he says give someone a hundred million dollars and they see themselves as a billionaire do you relate to that <laughs> no um well, yeah maybe. Oh, you're I, already I a billionaire i'm i'm definitely not uh but i i so it's, it's funny because i've never really been that concerned are. about money <laughs> well, if you do my no, math, I mean, yeah you uh, are you know, are you getting really darn close but it's not about, it's never been about the money. I mean, not at all, no. ever, nothing. Mm-hmm. You bought anything um, cool? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I like, uh, uh, to, to, to spend money on, 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 you know, living my life and, you know, like, like actually, uh, uh, things that I like, I'm happy about, but it's not about that for me. Uh, it never has been, you know, I would never be a musician if, if it's about the money. Uh, that's the first thing, but, but you're not me, a musician really, anymore. You moved on. Not anymore. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But I mean, it's, it's, it's really just more about, uh, being able to play with things that I think is fun. Uh, that's, that's what, what this is all about. Then money and, and all that kind of stuff. That that's a big plus. Obviously it's not that I, I don't like money, but it's not, it's not the primary motive for me. Definitely not. All right. What are the values of the company? What do you say that Telzio stands for? Do you talk about things like that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we are. We've always seen ourselves as as kind of the the decent guys in in a pretty crooked industry. Um, we try to just do things that uh, you know make sense and 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 be you know. Uh, Common, have common sense about everything. So that goes for pricing, uh, goes for, for the, the product itself um, and how we do customer service. So it's really more about, for us, making sure that our customers are happy and that we have a cool uh, product that we you know, know solves some, some, some problems for uh, people. And, um, and that's, that's, that's really the, the main thing. We're very like, social aware um, without being you know, woke or, or anything like that. It's not, it's not extreme, but we're definitely trying to, to just be you know, fair uh, around everything. And how do you incorporate that into your HR and your recruiting? Do you talk um, about it then? For sure, for sure. I think um, it, it definitely shines through uh, uh, in terms of our, our culture when you, when you get to our office and, uh, or, or, or talk to us or, or even read about us and, and what we post online and stuff like that. Um, we're very, um, uh, let me see, let me say like, uh, uh, so socially aware and, 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 uh, kind of uh, relaxed about everything. Um, and, and I think the people that we attract are very much the same. Um, it's at least that's, that's the people that we've uh, ended up hiring over the years and we've built a really cool little, uh, family here. I mean, people are just like very, um, sociable around each other even even you know people we have around the world uh, uh that, that just work remotely and, and and online they are very much part of the team uh and i feel like that's a, you know pretty good thing that we've finally managed to create it took a while to to understand how to do that it's hard when when people are remote and and, and you know making sure that they're included in the whole whole gang but um yeah i, th- I feel like we've, we've kind of accomplished that well, congratulations. It sounds like a huge success and I can't wait to see how it plays out and who plays you in the movie. Will you make me one promise? Yeah, for sure. 
when you go and ring the bell in New York, when you go public, I don't want to ring the bell. I just want to like stand as far on the side as possible. I just want to be on the stage. I don't want to be close. I don't want to be in the pictures. I don't want to be in the center. I just want to be up there, but as far on the side as possible because I don't want to, you know, it's about you, obviously. I just, I just want to be there with you. All right. So you are. Okay. Well, you're part of it now, right? So uh, every every little thing, every little voice that I get to put out there about what we're doing is uh, is part of, of of that little journey up to that bell, right? So uh, yeah, I'll give you a, a message. I'll send you a message when 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 we're ready for for taking that step. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> I will book the hotel rooms. Could you put a date on it? Then it would be nice to know. You know, you're I mean, you're not that far off. You know, it's pretty, yeah. you know, a hundred million in revenue. I think you should hire a house, you know, an investment I'm, house. No. Well, I'm, 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 I'm definitely hoping within the next three years that we'll be able to do something like that. That's, that, that's the whole goal. Yeah. Well, you said you were going for series A and so they're going to expect it. That's going to be part of their mm -hmm. story. That's I'm sure that I'm not the first yep. person to ask you that if you're out there raising series A, cause that's the, yeah. that's, they're going to be their first question, Peter, you know, so no doubt about that. Uh, yep. so yeah. Yeah, no, we, we, there's a there's a, a very solid plan uh, for what we're going to be doing for the for the next three years for sure. Peter, I appreciate it so very much. How do you want us to find out about you and then Telzio separately? Um, well, so Telzio, that's easy, T E L Z I O dot com, and go press the uh, trial button there. It's free and and it's fun to play around with, and that's really our biggest selling point is just try it. But then usually people are yeah, this is what we need. And for myself, petersroder.com. Uh, there's not really a lot on that website, but there are a bunch of links to my social medias, my email, and all that kind of stuff. So if you want to get in touch with me, uh, go to petersroder.com and, and click on one of those links and hit me up. I thought it was a great website. It says, I'm out here. Here, here I am. If you really, mm -hmm. you know, it tells it's very clear what to do. You want us to follow you on social media. So we yeah, exactly. So. Peter, thanks a lot. Yeah. Congratulations. Great story. Great interview. And, um, I think I would fly with you again because the chances of that happening again are really slow. Are small, so. <laughs> right. <Yes. laughs> That's also why I'm not afraid. Yes. Well, did you, there's a, uh, a Robin Williams movie, uh, one of his earliest movies, the world according to Garp, where he buys a house, he's looking at a house and a plane crashes into it. And he turns to the oh, real estate yeah. agent and says, we'll take it, you know? <laughs> I remember that, yes. Peter, great stuff. Well, you never know. Thank you for having me on. And we'll be right back. Well, that's a, that's, a, that's a wonderful question, actually, Jim. Oh, my gosh, I love the opportunity to do this. Thank you, Jim. Wow, that's, that's, a, that's a great one. You know, that is a phenomenal question. That's a great question, and, and I don't have a great answer. That's a great question. Oh, that is such a loaded question. And that's actually a really good question. School for Startups Radio. We are back, and again, thank you so very much for being with us. All right. Very excited to introduce my next guest. You all know I love parenting and talking about all topics thus related. Please welcome to the show Jacqueline Toberoff. She is author of a new book called Super Moms. I scrolled down too far. Super Moms Activated, 12 Profiles of Hero Moms Leading the American Revival. She also writes at Human Events and has had an active life in politics, running for the city council in Manhattan. She is a mother of two herself and is frequently a panelist on Newsmax. Jacqueline, welcome. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. It is our pleasure. So, Congratulations on the book, five star rated. Tell us about Super Moms. Someone that exhibits personal agency and that takes her role as a mother, doesn't farm it out to anyone, um, and really just decides what what is best within her family dynamic and for her child or children. 
And this was written during the pandemic as almost like a timestamp. Is that the right, is that the word you're using Jacqueline? Correct. It's a timestamp. And I would say it's also a blueprint for other mothers to get involved and exhibit some self-agency. All right. And self-agency, if they decide to stay at home and be a full-time stay at home, is that self-agency? I think, yes. I think it could be being a full-time stay-at-home mom. I mean, what's more important than raising your children? It could be having a career. It could be um, deciding what's best medically for your child. It could be what's best educationally for your child, whether it's homeschool, private school, charter school, um, religious school. Uh, it's it's a host of issues. It, it's, it's really taking... It's taking stock in the greatest gift that you have. It's your children. This is this is America's greatest resource, our nation's children. And really carving out how you, how this mother wants to raise her children. I like that. I, I support that 100%. As an entrepreneur, we're all about self-determination and accountability and those sort of things. And so I think this fits in well with that. You're a mom, right? You have two kids? Correct. I have two children, ages 14 and 10. 14 and 10. Okay. I have four. I have some in the wow, 20s. Congratulations. Uh, <laughs> you don't get an award, you know. Uh, it could have just been pure stupidity. So, <laughs> no. I, uh, my ages range from 26 to 7. Beautiful. I love it. I love it. Sometimes so you're a I, super dad. Sometimes. Oh, I, I, you know, I am an entrepreneur. One of the reasons is I can work at home. Right. And it worked really well until my wife started to want to work at home too. <laughs> oh, come right. Competing your, your separate workstations and then your children working from home during the pandemic. Oh, that was horrible. It was a, a nightmare. <laughs> it was an absolute nightmare. Uh, yeah, we were like open the schools immediately type people, you know? Uh, yeah. And if it happens again during our lifetimes, I can't see another stay at home, shut down working. Can you, I think there's too much doubt in it now. Yeah. I think, you know, this goes back again to personal agency and responsibility. Uh, people have done research. They have figured things out. They've gone through these lived experiences and they, I, I think, or I would hope, are making, uh, you know, they're critically thinking and they're making better judgments and better decisions for themselves and their children. All right. Tell us about one of the women in the book. Which one of the women jumps to mind? So I have Tina Deskovich. She is a mother, of course. She is one of the co-founders of Moms for Liberty. And she, interestingly enough, has helped flip school boards to pro-parental rights majority. The thing that I love about Tina and her partner, um, her co-founder, Tiffany Justice, is that it's not what they want. It is what those mothers want and what they think is best for their school district. The only rule is that they have to be pro-parental rights to be part of the group. But it's, it's again, what we were discussing before. They determine what, what that looks like. There's no one-size-fits-all model. Well, you know, we often say we don't want to talk politics here on the show. But when it comes to my kids, damn it, I don't care what politics are. You ain't going to mess with my kids without me knowing about it. And I don't think that's a left-right issue. Uh, it shouldn't be. It's a, they, those are my kids, you know, so I agree. I, I think you're, yeah, I Go think ahead. you're totally right. And I, and I would say that the mothers in my book range, they range uh, across both political party lines. Oh, good. And when you're talking about these super moms, how do they divide the day? How do you divide the day so that the kids don't feel super left out? 
Look, I think, you know, I, I don't know where I read this, but if you devote just even 15 minutes of quality time, no phone time, that's substantial. And of course, I'm not saying just 15 minutes. And, you know, this again is different for every parent. But listen, You're we know month, what's going right? on. That's 15 minutes a month, right? Um, a, a year, I was thinking. Okay, a year. year, right. And that's all four grouped into one bundle, right? I can see all four 100%. of them down. Okay, okay, okay. You know, with your headphones in. But look, you know, the, the, the truth of the matter is the economy right now is really challenging and people have to work. And, you know, women work, men work, um, it, people have to work, they have to make a living, they have bills to pay and, you know, schools to pay for and all of these other expenses that come up when you have kids. And now we've kind of been exposed to a new way of working. Some people work at home. Uh, some people work online on social media. You know, it's there are so many new ways to be entrepreneurial, to make money, to be successful, to get your message out there, um, to recruit people to your side. It's, it's really fascinating what's going on right now. All right. At what age do you start? telling your children what things cost and for because for example we're just coming out of summer camp stuff right and one of my kids just came home from summer camp or comes home today and they were being a little bit flippant about it why can't we just go for five weeks you know and i was like well summer's camp costs 12 million dollars a day you know and but i was you know i was like do you have, do you know how long mom and dad worked to pay for your summer camp? You know, when we broke it, it was like, you know, it, or, and we, we actually do it for tennis for one kid who plays tennis year round. You know, we let him know his tennis costs a month of work. What are your thoughts on that? And what age? I don't think what age, like when they're fetal, I mean, <laughs> to your point, I, I wish more people had, I, I, listen, I wish they were teaching this at school, although maybe now with what they're teaching in school, I, I wouldn't even trust these people with finances, but my gosh, I mean, things are so expensive. Why shouldn't kids know how expensive or the cost of things. I think it's a great math lesson. I think it's a great life lesson. I think it's a great budgeting, accounting, planning, strategy, um, all of that stuff. I don't think it's ever too soon. I, I think the biggest myth is that it's kind of, you know, gauche or, or, you know, vulgar to discuss costs. Yeah. Maybe out in public, but I think when you're home and you're with your kids, yeah, you can be upfront and honest. Hey, you like this vacation? It costs a lot of money. Well, the in public thing is one of the things that gets me. Here's another one of my rules. I can't wait to get your thought on our, <laughs> we go on vacation. And, uh, this year we went to the beach. Sometimes we go to Disney and the, the rule is you get two things and that means you get an experience like jet kiting or horseback riding or something like that. Well, you get an experience and, and a, a gift or you get two gifts or you get two experience, you get two tickets and you can use them whenever you want during the vacation. If you buy an item, we are going to look online and see if we can get it cheaper and delivered home. Uh, we're not going to necessarily buy it right there at the Disney turnstall at $72 when I know we can get it for 17 on eBay or something, but you get two tickets. What are your thoughts? And it shuts them up. They don't, eh, I want daddy. I want one. We don't get any of that. And they both got online and planned their events and stuff so that my son got, he, you know, there's the jet ski option, the stingray option turtle swim with he was like i want two uh scuba dives that was his you know done end of discussion made for an amazing vacation thoughts please it's genius it's future planning again this is a life skill kids need this skill this is future planning it i think also calms them down it must be very satisfying they know they're getting something now they have again this personal agency this autonomy they get to make the decision they can be wasteful or they can be smart about it and diligent they might choose to get it immediately and that might not be so smart they might learn from that mistake uh, i think it's a great idea tell me about another mom from the book please we talked about tina give me another one yeah, I have Kimberly Fletcher. She is from Moms for America. She has over 500 mothers uh, in her organization. And she actually really just stresses 
more to what we're discussing now that that you as a parent you have so much on your plate she's not like like tina she's also not directing a certain uh she's not pushing any sort of agenda this is really a group to provide support infrastructure um moms i think like fathers and like grandmothers and like everyone felt so isolated and alone during this pandemic and it's so nice that there are these resources out there and these groups that you know uh have other people involved that you can speak to use as resources. It's, it's like you've really just expanded your network. Yes, very true. Uh, what do you think the city? Oh, Go ahead. I was going to say this, this, your audience might like one of the moms in my book, Callie Fontania, she started her own school. She's a former public school teacher and she started her own school. I mean, again, like you talk about lived experiences, what you've picked up, uh, following the, the, the current trends. It's 2023 uh, school. The landscape looks very different now than it did pre 2020. And she started her own school and it's blowing up. It's amazing. That is an amazing story. I do love that. It's uh hard to find a school that is compatible to you and your needs. And in Manhattan, they closed down for the longest ever, didn't they? We're what still did you closed, do with aren't your two we? Kids? Um, other than pull my hair out, what did I do with my two kids? I did something maybe unconventional. I tried to get us outside as much as possible. Um, it was a ghost town. It was crazy. I wish I took more footage of what New York City and Manhattan resembled during the pandemic. But I tried to get us outside. I mean, we were outside every single day for the longest walks possible. We rediscovered Manhattan. We went down every street, every alley, every neighborhood. Um, I wanted exercise. I wanted fresh air. And I wanted some sort of, you know, out you know, respite from all of the madness that you get outside in the urban jungle, even. Yes. We were so lucky. We had just bought a new house and it had a pool and we hadn't, any, <laughs> you know, we were just, we didn't want a pool. We just found an amazing backyard and we're like, Oh, we'll take it. We'll take it. And it, you know, had a pool. And so <laughs> our rule was, yeah. you know, chlorine probably kills COVID. So come swim. Exactly. Smoking kills COVID, everything. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Well, do it all. smoke in the pool. I do think that there's a particular type of smoking that did reduce COVID. Uh, which is? I don't talk about it. You don't know about that. Got it. <laughs> Tell me about another super mom. Okay. Another super mom is Yatin Chu. Um, she's part of the Asian wave Alliance and she is very pro parental rights. Um, she is a fighter who is also a first generation immigrant. She's Chinese and two, two children, uh, the public school system. And her story is really fascinating how she navigated that during COVID, um, the standards getting lowered, what she did to help her kids navigate that. Uh, they moved schools. They tried different things. Uh, she worked the whole time. She is political. She's a Democrat. Um, but her story is really fascinating. And she gives some practical advice as to not only how you know, you can survive that sort of thing, but how you can really navigate through life, whatever the hurdle is. Um, her story is pretty, pretty amazing. Very inspirational. Jacqueline, how did it affect you writing this book? Did it have an impact on you? Yeah, of course. Look, I think COVID had an impact on everyone. The pandemic had an impact on everyone. Um, these these were crazy times. There were so many life-changing events. There was a real tectonic shift in the work landscape, in the educational landscape, in the parenting landscape, in the quality of life, in the financial landscape. So all of this comes into play. I think what was so amazing about this is also you had people who really 
outperformed. They did not see this as a death sentence. They saw it as a springboard into creating something new. A lot of people went to sleep during the pandemic, but the people that woke up, uh, they thrived. They made major successes out of their lives and major financial hauls and wins. Um, this, this, period in time, I think really forced some people to break and it forced others to succeed. And it's an interesting psychological study on what those people had, uh, you know, how they were wired to succeed. They, they looked at where they could take, where they could improve. Um, and they, they forged ahead. Excellent. That is true. And I think that I also, I think that there would be a great book in studying the weird off career things that people did during the pandemic. Yeah, a hundred percent. I interviewed a guy and he and his son built a roller coaster in their backyard. I mean, like a real yeah. roller coaster. I mean, did you ever hear? Nicole Kidman once said that because she had some situation with the sun, I don't remember if she, you know, whatever it was, she couldn't go in the sun and she would spend hours alone at home. And it was like, it, it made her just go inside of her head, her imagination. And I think COVID did that for people. We were really left with very little in some regards, in a lot of regards. And we had to push outside of that box and we had to think critically and think of ways to amuse ourselves and prosper and make money and feed our souls and feed our wallets and continue on and find some beautiful spots. Very well said. How do we find out more? Follow you online, get a copy of super moms activated. So please follow me on Instagram. I'm super active. You can go to Jacqueline for NYC. That is J A C Q U E L I N E F O R N Y C. My book, Super Moms Activated 12 Profiles of Hero Moms Leading the American Revival, is on Amazon. Please order it. It just came out in Kindle today, but it's hardcover, paperback, and it will prepare you for this coming September. What to do? Um, as as we've been discussing, you know, it's constantly changing, and this book forecasts what's coming and how you get involved. I, I have to ask, what the hell's coming up in September? That's when my <laughs> kids take their first vacation of the school year because they've been at school for so long. They already need a vacation. Shoot. Yeah, exactly. I mean, my God, <laughs> uh, it used to mean that's when school came back, but we start August 7th here in Wow, Georgia. August. Oh, my gosh. When so do you in start? New York. Okay, we used to start right after Labor Day, but now we have a whole bunch of new holidays and we're starting earlier. We start, uh, when do we start? Uh, towards the end of August, I think like the 26th. Okay. My kids not, start, not too bad compared to my kids yeah. start the seventh. Is that because of the heat? What is the reason for that? Uh, I went <laughs> to college in Vermont and they didn't want us there in January because they didn't want us, you know, to have to heat the dorms. But no, this <laughs> is uh No, you know, when I was a kid, you started, you know, right after Labor Day. And right. now it's just creeping up and creeping up and creeping up and it's you know they take two more holidays in february and I, i'm serious we have a long weekend type holiday almost every month you know it's ridiculous right. so right um, well the good news is you're you're on your fourth kid so you're a pro now you know how this works Yes, I've done raising that kid. Jacqueline, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. We are out of time, but back tomorrow. Be safe, everyone. Take care. Bye now.